Hi everybody, this is Mark Graben from Kinexus, and I'd like to welcome you to today's webinar, and it's titled, How Leadership Commitment and a Systematic Approach Spread Improvement. I'm very happy to be joined by two presenters today from Mary Greeley Medical Center in Iowa. They are Karen Kiel Rosser. She is Vice President and Chief Quality Officer. She's going to be presenting first, and then we're going to hear from Ron Smith, who is a Process Improvement Coordinator uh, for the Medical Center. Um, so with that, I will go ahead and hand things over to Karen Kiel Rosser. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, and thank you for having us. Um, today, I, I'm not going to read from my slides, but I'm going to share you how we have implemented a framework or a systematic approach for leadership and drilling it right down to those closest to the, um, to the work. So we're going to talk about that culture for managing daily improvements and our systematic approach. And a little bit about Mary Greeley. We're located in Ames, Iowa, Central Iowa. We're a 220-bed acute care facility. And something key to know, we are governed by a city-elected five-member board of trustees. So we have five board of trustees who actually run for their positions on our board. Um, a little bit about our strategic plan. Everything that we do is centered around our patients. So our four indicators of excellence, or what others might call pillars, are culture of quality, safety, and service, operational performance, access to care and services, and regional relationships. And within those indicators are all of our core um, objectives that align with our strategic plan. And that patient-centered care picture is really important to us because, like I said, everything is centered around our patients. Um, how we enable and spread improvements is really through our leadership. Um, we have a method that's simple, consistent, and disciplined, and that's really important to understand because a lot of times organizations really struggle with getting things through their organization, implementing it through their leadership, and then down to their staff because it gets to be too cumbersome for staff and too cumbersome for the leaders to implement. So that simple, consistent, and disciplined is really key. And then the technology is really, we use Kinexus to help us with that, and we'll go through that a little bit later. Um, our improvement philosophy at Mary Greeley, we talk about two kinds of jobs. Um, there are two jobs for every employee at Mary Greeley, um, do your work and improve your work. And that philosophy really carries through our, throughout our entire organization, regardless of who you are, whether you're a nurse on the floor, whether you're a um, pharmacy technician, or whether you're a physician, or any other um, position within our organization. That is our philosophy. We also follow some advice from some of the experts. And one of my favorite quotes uh, that Mark tweeted not too long ago, the role of management is to, to enable your employees to do the work well. And that's really what we have focused on in our organization. Our managers are trained well so that they can lead their staff well. So you really have to start, like I said, with a systematic approach. Focus on your management first. Get it um, streamlined and hardwired within your management team. And then roll out to your staff. We started out with our leadership and committed to our um, vision of reducing waste and eliminating risk 
um, with a 2009 commitment to a common vocabulary and we use the lean philosophy so lean techniques a lot of the tools in the lean toolbox we're using but our really our, our objectives were to develop a common vocabulary and to develop a so supportive system to ensure accountability and ultimately and we're not there yet I will say because we're still working with our staff but ultimately we want to build a culture where every day every one of our 1300 employees are engaged and empowered in improving their work so why did we really feel that this was important and it's not just about implementing a lean philosophy but really the why behind the what in our approach was to proactively plan for the future we knew that in order to and we continue to feel that in order to uh, remain a viable organization for our community for our patients and for our employees we have to have these proactive approaches in place we have to do the right thing and only the right thing and that's where you get at eliminating the, 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 the waste and everyone within our organization needs to understand how sustainability is their job so when we do improvement projects or whether we're just doing um, an event or, or making a change within our organization it is everyone's responsibility um, to sustain those improvements um, after our leadership was uh, committed to this philosophy we did some education with our board if remember I said we had this five member um, elected board of trustees and we put our board through what we called the penny exercise it was really a, a quasi assembly line concept where they shifted pennies from one location to another it really helped them understand how doing things different could help eliminate um, waste and reduce risks of possibly our approaches within healthcare. So we put them through this exercise. Our board felt very confident that this is something that our entire organization could support and our, all of our employees could uh, participate in and would fully um, be effective. So that's really, that was really key in our overall improvement process and rolling this out because getting our leaders committed and then our board committed at the same time really built that foundation for us to move forward. So after that board was, um, we went through the board training, we did what we, what we know now as um, yellow belt training for our leaders. So we took all of our 60 leaders, put them through a two and a half day leadership training session, taught them about the Toyota way and the rules and use. We did 6S um, evaluations. We looked at visual management. We, we taught them some of the key tools in the toolbox. And again, this was a two and a half hour or two and a half day training session. Um, all of our leaders had the same training and they all went through this together and then what we did was we knew that our leaders um, there's a variety of different ways our leaders learn some learn by classroom some learn by doing so we engaged our leaders in a group right after this training um, a 6s project uh, we have a warehouse that we would store unused equipment um, things that needed to re be repaired or items that maybe we didn't need today but someone might need next week or next month or next year so we had this giant warehouse that became a little bit of a dumping ground and we wanted to um, use this as a training center for our leaders so we did a 6s training project with our leaders and the picture on the before side was just a very small piece of what we coordinated within this um, 
this training session for our leaders. The after picture is kind of a simplified version of how we clean things up and use the 6S approach. But more importantly than cleaning out that warehouse was the hands-on experience that our leaders had in doing this project. And then our philosophy of see one, do one, teach one, we immediately challenged our leaders with completing a, a 6S project within their department. We wanted them to use those tools right away after they had that group training and put them to work. So we had leaders um, doing 6S projects in their offices, in their storage rooms, in their equipment rooms, all throughout the hospital we had leaders doing a 6S project. And after those projects were done, we, take a, we took a look at all of those projects and they had to kind of report out. But what we found was there were some really great things that our leaders had done and we thought, well, let's do a great, let's do a sharing of all of these. So we did a lean tour walk with um, the leaders and we shared some of the best practices and this is one of the, um, our GI department, our gastroenterology department, did a visual inventory system for some of their supplies that they have. They used some of the, um, some terms that are key to um, sometimes in finance, but also in lean, but um, to trigger when to reorder supplies so that they don't have too much of something or so that they don't run out of something. So we did this lean tour of some of the best practices and we took all of the leaders throughout the organization on a little lean tour and they got to see five or six different areas and what that did was that built additional knowledge and departments said, hmm, maybe if you can do that within that department, I might try it in my department and you know I might try something like that I might be able to use that in my supply room or what have you so we had some really great learnings from a um, variety of departments very unique ways that they use the 6s and and the visual inventory and visual management systems to um, organize their work and uh, an important point here is that these departments that were charged with these projects within their departments they had to involve their staff so most of the time the staff were the ones that were participating in these improvement areas or these improvement projects. So um, the staff got to see, wow, my, my area is being held up as one of the leaders in this organization. This is really cool and they, they took ownership of it. And today, now this is about five years ago, these areas that I'm showing you are still sustained. Their, their improvements are still, are still sustained. So after we taught our leaders these key tools, put them to work, gave them experiences of doing it within their own departments. Um, we, we sat down and thought, hmm, we, we need to do a little bit more here with our leaders and the saying form follows function. We decided we needed to create uh, a process whereby all of our improvement work could be kind of categorized or we could start focusing on where we were going to go next. Because after these leaders had these training tools and, and learned how to use these tools, they started asking for some assistance in some additional um, uh, workflows, additional trainings, and additional improvements within their department. So we created a standard work steering committee. And this was a committee that was a multidisciplinary, various um, departments within the organization. It systematically is helping us identify and select projects of where we're going to go next. So it helps us organize our work so we have an approach for addressing the most um, critical areas within our organization. And we defined our standard work, our standard work steering committee kind of defined what we were going to approach, um, use this approach for, and, and we just, we, we broke down our standard work um, definition 
um, as you see it here, but really we use standard work when there's a best known method of systematically um, doing a step-by-step uh, -step instructions for um, completing a task. So our standard work steering committee kind of defined that and said we're going to use standard work um, in our improvement projects when we identify something that we want to be able to repeat over and over again with um, complete accuracy. So we defined what we were going to be doing, we defined the standard work steering committee, set those kind of ground rules, and then they said, you know, we need to have a way of identifying what projects we're going to address, where we're going to go, because by this time we were kind of in a situation where we had a little bit of a job jar, where leaders were kind of identifying things that they needed to have improved within their departments, and the jobs or the improvement projects were just piling up, and we thought we really need to be systematically addressing the most important projects. So the Standard Work Steering Committee, after they defined standard work, defined um, the key work processes at Mary Greeley, and we set out and said, okay, if, if there are some areas that we want to focus on, what would those areas be, and how would we know where we need to go? And um, to make a long story short, that, that steering committee identified 49 work processes within our organization. The next few slides I'm going to share with you is really the diagram that we put together of what those 49 work um, systems look like. And that was a little overwhelming, but through a process of um, identifying uh, high risk, what areas were most uh, likely to be successful in an improvement project, and what areas had the most risk to them, we identified our top 10 work processes within our organization, and not based on improvement projects that were kind of in the queue, it was just these are the areas where we believe um, impact the patients most and could could result in the most significant issues if we had some errors. So we identified these top 10 work processes, and then our goal around that was our focus within our organization was going to be a, to address these top 10 work processes with some sort of a, an improvement area project, a value stream mapping exercise, or a variety of different um, tools that we use in our improvement projects. But these were the areas that we were going to be focusing on first. So as we look at the multiple methods of improvement, we're really, um, if, you, if you look at a triangle where um, the top of your pyramid is really the, mo the biggest, most significant events that you have, and this is where those top 10 events were going to be probably categorized. Either they were going to be a value stream mapping event, a rapid improvement event. From there, we were eventually going to address, uh, identify some projects that needed to be done within the department. But Ultimately, our goal, and we knew this within our standard work steering committee, within our organization, that managing for daily improvement, where we get the staff involved in improving those areas, that was ultimately where we wanted to go. But starting with the pyramid, starting at the top with the events, we went through all of our top 10 value streams, and during this time, we started creating multiple projects, multiple improvement ideas that we could be working, working on. And this is when we realized we needed some kind of project management support. And that's where Kinexus came in. We started using Kinexus within our organization. This was about in 2013. We decided we needed a project management software system. Kinexus, through our evaluation research, um, rose to the top just because of the simplicity of the use of the software. So 
once we used the software, we started piloting it within our organization and started running our, man our improvement projects through the software. So this is where we're still at the top of the pyramid, our rapid improvement events, our value stream mapping events, even some of our projects that we were working on within our departments were running through Kinexus. And we knew our improvement journey was going to be a long one. Um, if you look to the left of the screen, 2010 is really when we started to, to get ourselves organized, our leaders were trained. Our standard work steering committee kicked off in 2011. 2012 we started doing some projects, our, um, a, a variety of different things that we were working on within our organization and our leaders. 2013 is when we really hit our top 10 um, work processes. We had dozens of 6S projects going on. We had at that at that point in time, 13 rapid improvement events, five value stream mapping events. These are big events for an organization that essentially had a department of two within their improvement um, area. So this is where all of those projects started funneling through um, Kinexus. And we knew we needed to get a little bit further along in the improvement journey. We knew we wanted to see our improvement journey significantly increase. The only way we believe, and we still know that, is, is going to happen ongoing is it's to get our employees that that bottom of the pyramid managing for daily improvement where we get our employees in so we're continuing at this point to use the software and the software is being used the Kinexus software was being used by um, our two people that were in the improvement department and running these projects but we knew we had to engage our leaders um, to start focusing on the software and this is where we used um, an approach we energized our leaders and through Kinexus, we completed what was called the 100-day workup, similar to the GE 100-day workup. But um, this is where we challenged our leaders once again. And remember, we go back to that engaging the leaders and doing some work and teaching them by doing. So we engaged our leaders, um, challenged them with um, identifying an improvement project in their area that could be completed in 100 days. And they had a couple of objectives. They, their project either, either had to result in a cost savings or had to generate revenue and they had to use the Kinexus software to manage their pro project. So this is where our 60 leaders got engaged, they identified a project that they could do in their departments and then they had to implement that project and they worked with their leader or their department staff on these projects and again this is where we get to our philosophy two jobs for everyone at Mary Greeley. You do your work, you improve your work. Brought that philosophy back out to our leaders, kicked off our 100-day workout, and we truly did get completed in 100 days. And this was with the support of some assistance with Kinexus and a consultant that we worked with. They helped us with uh, managing our 100-day workout projects and getting those all due. Um, senior leaders, there were five of us, reviewed each of the projects and approved all those projects. And then we met with Kinexus twice throughout this process to follow up. Yeah, we had a 30-day follow-up with our project lead, and we had a, um, a second 30-day follow-up with our project lead at Kinexus just to ensure that we kept our leaders in track. And now there were not every single leader was able to complete a project. Some of them were so big that they identified that we didn't want to say, no, we're not going to do that project. We want to hold on to it because it really is a bigger project than what you could do. Um, but we didn't, so we didn't have 60 projects that were done, but we did have some pretty significant projects that we um, completed. There were 54 opportunities for improvement or projects that were completed, and 
honestly, we did not think that we would see this type of an impact, but we had a $722,000 hard savings impact. Over $675,000 in first year savings and $47,000 was from revenue generation. We had no idea that we would have that significant of an impact on our organization. Um, we saved over 5,200 hours in labor, and that was significant. We calculated that, of course, that would be a soft savings, but that was just people not having to do um, certain things or um, essentially waste being eliminated from their job. So that 100-day workout, we celebrated at the 100-day. We gave awards to leaders and staff for doing this work. There was a lot of momentum that was built up after this 100-day workout. Most importantly, the leaders learned how to use the software. So we built that understanding within our leadership team. And remember our improvement journey. We're now at 2014 where we want to see ourselves get up to that 2017 mark where we're, where we're seeing more improvement. So we, what we knew we had to do was really get to that bottom of the pyramid where we're managing for daily improvements. So in January of this year, we kicked off our employee daily improvement program. And this is where our employees are using the Kinexus software. They're supported by their leaders and they're able to put in ideas that they can that they see within their department, very quick winning ideas that they identify that may help not only them in their work every day but their peers. So the purpose of the daily improvements is really to encourage and harvest our staff's ideas on how to improve the organization. And we, we replaced this. We actually had a Bright Ideas program um, throughout our organization earlier and kind of fizzled away because the Bright Ideas was really centered around incentivizing employees to come up with these huge ideas that could save the organization either time or money. And it was there were very few ideas that our employees could come up with. So it, that program kind of fizzled away, replacing it with this daily improvements where we told our employees, no idea is too small, even if it saves you a minute or it saves the organization a penny, it is worth it for us to look at and consider implementing. So back at that two jobs for every employee at Mary Greeley, we have that harvest, we have um, hardwired that philosophy within our organization at our, um, at within every employee level at our due employee orientations, we go through this with our employees, their jobs to do their work and to improve their work. We want to know where their ideas could come in and help us and help them. Now some of the tracking that we can see and some of the success since we rolled out the daily improvements using Kinexus. Um, since our rollout in, we actually rolled it out in December with a pilot program that was initiated with um, the help of Mark Raven and the Connexus folks, we have seen almost 72% of our employees log in at least once and 71% have logged in and over 769 ideas have been completed since we have rolled this software out. So this has been a, a pretty significant improvement within our organization, engaging our employees at that daily level. So the, and the numbers continue to, to increase every day we see employees adding an improvement idea. And as you can see from the numbers in the lower left-hand screen, 1,145 submitted opportunities for 
improvement or OIs, and 769 were completed. Not every single idea that gets entered is really an idea to improve or that can be um, implemented, but the key is to get our employees using the software, to get them to log ideas, and starting to talk about those ideas with their managers and their directors so that they know this, this might be a worthy idea or let's go back and take a look at something that we might be able to do more realistically. So this has been exciting to see our, our volumes grow. Um, the software that we're using right now, the Kinexa software, we're, it's tracking by our indicators of excellence, um, the cost savings, the revenue generation, and some of the hours saved per year. So these are some of the keys. We can run reports on these. We can run the reports by department. Um, this wasn't our ultimate reason for using the software and, and the reporting capabilities, but it certainly is enhancing and solidifying the value of us using the software within our organization because we can really track by department who's using this, who's submitting ideas, and if, there are, if there's money being saved or if there's um, time being saved. Again, there's a lot of waste within healthcare. There's a lot of things that we can look at. This is engaging our employees at every level to identify those things that, that can save the organization time and resources. So this is just a little summary of that page that I just went through. Um, the improvements, again, this is, this is probably now 30 days old. The improvements continue to come in. We've refined this system or our approach with this system with our leaders, and we do believe that we are moving on our improvement journey toward the ultimate of where, where we want to be by 2017. And by 2017, we're going to want to be moving even further. So our goal within our organization is to engage every employee, whether it's in a rapid improvement event, a value stream mapping event, or just an improvement event that they can do on their own. We want to engage 100% of our employees in improvement projects because ultimately managing for daily improvements is where we see our organization getting the greatest benefit. A few of the lessons learned, um, it's, it's really the leader's challenge is to let the process work. Sometimes as we were rolling out these, um, the training to our leaders, the lean philosophy, the Kinexus approach through the 100-day workout, a lot of times some of our leaders just wanted to go in and they wanted to make the improvement themselves and they wanted to just complete the improvement and um, not take all the necessary steps. It's really important to stress that you need to let the process work, whether you've got leadership doing this or you've got staff doing this. Establish the process and then let the process work. And another key thing is to allow habits to form and to change. Uh, sometimes when you're rolling out an improvement project or you're making a change, things might not be better right away. But if you let employees, let those improvement ideas and uh, projects uh, get hardwired within your organization, you'll ultimately see those improvements or you'll see that change for the better. Set clear expectations and that's where our standard work philosophy is mandatory. Uh, we require wherever standard work is within our organization, um, it is mandatory to be using standard work and you just need to be persistent with your audits and your improvements and really our overall approach is tied to our, um, our employee, our patient satisfaction, and certainly our focus has been about our patients. Um, everything we do, again, getting back to our strategy, is centered around patients and supporting our patients. And we believe that we have got a system in place now. We're not perfect, 
but we do believe we have a system in place right now where our leaders and our employees are all focused and using the same approach and tools for daily improvements. And now I'm turning this over to my coworker, Ron Smith. Hi, okay, we're gonna get Ron unmuted and get control handed over to him. Okay, Ron, hopefully that sets you up. Go ahead. Good to go. All right, so you've just heard from uh, one of our top level leaders and um, I wanna start by saying that this doesn't happen without the leadership happening first and this is a good diagram for that. Um, the leadership, the commitment, the vision, um, the communication and the accountability of holding folks, folks accountable to this uh, must come first if we started with, no matter how good the methodology or the technology are to follow, if we don't have that leadership commitment, that's not going not gonna to work. So I want to talk to you more about methodology. Clearly you see the leadership commitment from Karen's presentation, and we want to talk here about methodology. We've learned that the, the biggest spread that we've done over the things we've done over the past five or six years is this daily improvements. That's the biggest opportunity for spread. You know, we've done the rapid improvement events, they're great for the deep dive um, and, and improving a specific process, but there's not a lot of spread there and it takes a long time to spread doing one or two rapid improvement events a month throughout the organization. But managing for daily improvements was really an eye opener for us and uh, showed us the power of spreading uh, continuous improvement throughout the organization. Um, So I talked about method talking about methodology. I think this is this is a key difference in uh, we're haunted by suggestion boxes. Um, if you're like our organization, you've got a history of having suggestion boxes on the wall. Um, the bright ideas program that Karen was talking about was really nothing more than an electronic suggestion box. Um, they lack the methodology. They um, you know if they're monitored monthly, it's way too slow. Um, good ideas shouldn't sit in a, in a box for a month or anywhere else for a month. Um, people are discouraged uh, when they don't get quick feedback on an idea. Um, in Daily Improvements Program, we're engaging the leaders and the team to discuss the ideas every day as they come in. So there's constant feedback that the, the employees are involved with the improvements. So they always know where the status of their, their idea or their submission is. Um, further, suggestion boxes tend to attract more random ideas, and that's kind of what we got with our Bright Ideas program, bigger ideas, which, what the next best food should be in the vending machine or the next big capital improvement. Um, and they're not really thinking about process improvement. Um, with Daily Improvements program, we're, we have to explain to the employees that we want to engage them and we want to talk to them about making their jobs better and how to make things better for the customers and, and how to improve processes within, within their workflows, and that's what this is all about. It's really about you know, we're traditionally with with the suggestion boxes. We're we're traditionally thinking the leader. It's their job to be the problem solver. And if we have a vision of, well, in our case, 1,300 employees and everybody being involved in improvement and looking for ways to make their job better, there is no way the leaders can be the only person solving problems. We've done nothing but create a bottleneck at that leadership of every department. And we have to, in order to realize that vision, we're going to have to engage the employees in this improvement and. And, and teach them and develop them how to improve. Um, so we talk about this methodology being different with the, the daily improvements, and you see this capture, implement, measure, share. And in this philosophy, if we can break through that traditional 
leader solving the problems mentality, we can get up to upwards, Kinexus uh, customers are averaging around 75-80% implementation rates, blowing the suggestion boxes out of the water. At Mary Greeley, we're running between 60 and 65% uh, uh, implementation right now. So we have a little ways to go from the benchmark, but we're still pretty proud of, of what we've done so far. and we've, we're, It's an ongoing effort. Um, Back to this pyramid, I think what we're really talking about, this daily improvements where the spread is, is we're talking about changing that culture. Um, and that's that's what we're out to do. Um, so Karen did mention the way we kicked this off was we had Mark Graben on site for three days. Um, we picked two departments in advance that we're going to go through this, uh, go through the, spend the time with Mark and kind of roll out the daily improvements program in their two departments. Um, but it started with the same kind of concept of getting everybody involved first. So all of our leaders sat through a three-hour introduction class with Mark. Um, and then these two departments were announced as kind of, uh, congratulations, you guys are going to be the first ones to do this. And while everybody else in the room might be thinking, oh, my gosh, it's glad it's not me. Um, we already had the, the, the careful selection of who they were going to be. Those departments were already on board. We picked areas that we felt like had strong leadership and had strong employee engagement. So we were looking for areas that we were likely going to succeed, and, and that's what I would recommend as well. So we picked one clinical and one non-clinical area, um, a surgical unit, and our materials management department to start this off. Um, the philosophy is we're coaching our leaders to coach and develop the staff. So my role is to meet with the leaders, and that's what Mark kind of taught me during this kickoff, is that all of these leaders need to work with their staff in, 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 in a profit performance improvement role. If you're spreading the daily improvements program, you're coaching the leaders about leadership, about engaging the employees in the work, um, and that they don't have to be the one that solves all the problems. They need to teach their employees how to solve the problems, and that's their role, and that's the difference between leadership and management. Management, basically your budget, your operations, your staffing, where leadership is engagement and developing your employees. Tr involves trust and empowering your employees and not necessarily controlling your employees. So our rollout strategy after the kickoff then was not to just flip the switch and turn it on for everybody because we felt like that would have been nothing more than everybody would have fell back to the old traditional suggestion box mentality in the Bright Ideas program. We felt strongly about the fact that we needed to do with every department something similar to what Mark had done with these two departments when he was here for three days. So two to three departments at a time, uh, myself and a coworker, started taking on smaller groups and working two and a half weeks per group over the course of four meetings. And I'll tell you what those four meetings were. We were meeting with just the leadership from those areas. We involved some rounding with staff, but primarily we spent our time with the leaders. And uh, the first one was a conference call with Kinexus where they kind of went through the software with the leaders and how they could manage the daily improvements program in the Kinexus software. It was like a one-hour conference call. Then we followed up with a two-hour meeting where we talked about uh, capturing ideas and, and the way that we should capture ideas from employees to make sure that we're not getting those uh, random ideas that the suggested box kind of kind of lend itself to. Um, the, the third meeting then was a was an implementation meeting and we talked about okay you've got some ideas now let's talk about how we how we assign and engage the staff and direct the staff to make these improvements and it's critical that the managers resist the tendency to solve those problems themselves because that's not going to get them anywhere that's just going to make the bottleneck be on them and if they do that do that now they're going to be doing that three months from now and there's no light at the end of the tunnel so we want them to be coaching their employees and developing their employees to solve this so that someday 
the vision is that 1,300 employees at Mary Greeley are all problem solvers and, and process improvement folks looking to make their jobs better. The final meeting was a two-week follow-up after those first two kickoff meetings. So we followed up, checked in, any questions, anything going on. So that's the support we provided initially as we made our rounds throughout the department or throughout the organization, uh, two to three departments at a time. So I want to talk about those, those steps of this uh, methodology, the capture, implement, measure, and share. So that first meeting, or well, I guess the second meeting after the software training was the capture meeting. And, and we, again, coaching leaders to coach employees, we required our leaders, or we asked our leaders to go one-on-one -on -one with each employee uh, during a, a type of rounding session. And we wanted them to introduce the software to the employees, help them log in and submit, OID, uh, submit OIs opportunities for improvement. That was the intent of that rounding. Um, they needed to explain that to employees that they need to have an understanding that what they submit in here, we're going to make every effort to make these their projects. It's not something that they're putting in for somebody else to do. Um, and then there should be process ideas, process improvement related ideas aimed at making their work better. So if we don't provide that to each employee one at a time and we just flip the switch, you can see how, how naturally we would fall back into the suggestion box mentality. And that's what we just didn't want to have happen. So lessons learned about capturing in this capture phase, um, it, it's an ongoing process to keep staff focused on what they control. We still get the suggestion box ideas. We get a lot of them. Um, and we kind of keep refocusing staff on, on process improvement, things that you can control. Because when a leader gets an idea about something in the parking ramp or a, a capital improvement that's outside of their department, there's not a lot that leader and that employee can do with that other than escalate that to the seniors or those who are, are have the authority to make those decisions. But where they put things in processes, generally that leads to uh, a good experience, an empowered employee, a proud employee of their work, and proud of what they did and, and a successful outcome. So we have to tell them we came up with a couple of strategies and we said, think of a three foot radius of wherever you're at in your job. So whether you're a nurse at the bedside, whether you're um, a lab person in the, in the lab or wherever you might be during your job and healthcare workers are all over the organization, think of a three foot radius there and look at what bugs you or frustrates you within that three foot radius. And these are probably the types of things that you should, that would be appropriate for this daily improvements program. And we have for one of the kind of, cute sayings we say is there is no somebody that works here. So when you put those OIs in, when you're submitting those OIs, if they're addressed to somebody, they're probably a little bit off track. They're not wrong. They might still be opportunities for improvement, but they're going to be outside of your control. And there really is no somebody that works here. Um, we also learned that during those rounding sessions, if we capture the OIs first and then teach the employees how to log in, we were much more successful in generating the OIs. When we showed the employees how to log in, first during the rounding session, they tend to tune out and they say, okay, they think they got it. And you know, if they get a chance, they'll go log in and put in an idea, but they didn't generate an idea right there during that rounding session. Um, we were able to generate ideas during that rounding session by asking the right questions. Um, if you're familiar with employee rounding, a very common question is, what tools and equipment do you need to do your job? And we realized that with Mark's help that we're asking for solutions when we ask what tools and equipment they need to do their job. And what we really want in the daily improvements program is their problems. So we need to ask those questions differently. What bugs you or what frustrates you or what gets in the way of providing excellent patient care? Those are questions now that are going to bring forward some problems and some process improvement problems that they might have control over. And we can generate those, capture those OIs at that point 
and then, oh, by the way, let me show you how to log into the system now that we've got some ideas to put in there. Much more effective way of capturing the OIs. So once you've captured the OIs, uh, we come back, we give them about a week, uh, maybe five to seven days, and we come back and say, okay, you got some, got some OIs. We need to start in, engaging employees in the implementation phase of this. Um, we start off with a, again, we're coaching leaders to coach employees, but we coach the leaders to have a standardized assignment process, and the assignment workflow is something that's in Kinexus. When one OI comes in, it's unassigned until the leader addresses it, and the leader needs to assign it to probably the staff who submitted it, if not some other staff that uh, they think would be more appropriate to work on the OI, but basically looking for the resources that they're going to put towards this. They may put more than one employee. They may assign it to one employee and ask them to work with three or four others and assemble a team, maybe assembling a team even cross-departmental uh, if it involves a different department like a support area, materials management, or housekeeping, or facilities, or so forth. Um, but the assignment process that we put forward was for them to actually thank the employee for the idea, um, provide that direction, and, and, and which usually involves in some investigation into the idea, um, and offer their assistance and questions. So that's the leader's role, is to assign that and then support them, support the employee in working through the, the, the investigation. So what is the problem? Can they get to the root cause and ask why? If they've got an idea to try something with a small test of change to minimize our risk and really root this or found this in the plan, do, check, act uh, philosophy, the PDCA approach to this is what we're trying to promote in the implement stage and trying to develop our staff and leaders for. The lessons learned at the implementation stage um, is the manager's willingness. We need managers that are willing to allow staff to try things, allow staff to fail. Failure is not necessarily failure. I think failure is an opportunity for learning and development. Um, and like I said earlier, managers need to resist the tendency to solve the problems. That's where we found a lot of tendencies is the leaders knew the answer and they wanted to do it and we don't want them to do it. We want the employee to do it that nobody learns, the employees don't learn what we want them to learn if the leaders are doing everything for them. Um, and we also came across the employee expectations. Some employees, not all, but some actually have the expectation that the manager solves the problem. So that's a barrier that's here that we need to get through. Um, in the end, if an employee takes something on, they, feel, they end up feeling empowered and rewarded and engaged and all the good things that come out of that. But right initially, when their leader assigns that back to them, we do have some, I'd say maybe 20% 20, 20 of the employees will push back and say, hey, that's, that's the leader's job. And we say, no, we're changing things here. This is, that's the traditional way of doing it. But if we're going to have 1,300 employees do this, we can't rely on just the leaders to be doing, to be doing problem solving. We need everybody to do that. Uh, we also learned that it's, it's a tendency for us to skip the check step in the PDCA. Uh, we'd like to plan, and we like to do, and then we go plan something else and do something else, and we end up planning and doing and planning and doing, and we never check to see if those things work. Um, so we had to re-coach and, and reiterate the importance of checking. And, and it's a lot of work sometimes to get data on those things, but at the very minimum, feedback, asking the employees, so is that in place, is that working well, having some sort of feedback loop with the staff, and that, in my mind, can suffice in, in many of the smaller improvements that we're doing, suffice and take the place of, of data if you get that feedback loop in the check stage 
um, and just know that it's working well. And then that also gives the opportunity, if it's not working well, do we need to abort or do we need to tweak it or make it better yet or do something different? So really important to have that feedback loop. And we noticed that that was an opportunity for us right out of the bat. Um, the measure stage on this is really the resolution process. So now you've implemented, you've done your PDCA, it's time to resolve and close out uh, the OI. Um, and really it comes down to the manager deciding, did we make a change or did we not make a change? One or the other, and this is where you get that percent of OIs resulted in a change that's such a key metric uh, where, you know, the Kinexus customers compare 75% to the 1% to 2% from the suggestion box, and I said Mary Greeley's at about 65% uh, with a change. So uh, you're always monitoring that, and you don't want you don't want to tend to say no. You want you'd rather have a partial a partial implementation than actually saying no, and employees will gravitate towards that. Um, there's an opportunity in the resolution process to categorize the OI, categorize the OIs um, by strategic initiative by department. There's also an opportunity to do it by honor roll. Um, we've kind of learned that we don't like that because doing it by honor roll is like a three-star, two-star, and one-star OI. Um, you're at basically asking employees, they would be naturally motivated to come up with three-star ideas. And we don't, that would shut down all the two- and one-star ideas. And that's what we found with our previous Bright Ideas program and the suggestion box mentality. If we reward the biggest and best and you're always looking for the home run, then everybody's looking for the home run and, and you completely move gloss over all the smaller changes that can happen in the organization and that can be so powerful. Um, the final part of the resolution process then is measuring the impact of the OI, recording its impact on maybe staff and patient safety or staff or patient satisfaction. Is there a cost savings? Is there a time savings? Or did it generate some revenue? Maybe some of the things you logged there. Lessons learned at the resolution process. Um, we did not really understand the concept of time savings versus cost savings. Cost savings is a hard savings, and we had a lot of leaders that were resolving OIs where they saved some time with their employee. They saved a couple hours, and that employee's paid $15 an hour. Well, they saved 30 bucks, and that wasn't a hard cost savings because they didn't lay that employee. They didn't, that employee still works here. We're still paying that person for those two hours. We reallocated their time, and that's what we call time savings, a soft savings. And so we had to learn about that. Um, some people knew it, but there was others that had that learning opportunity. I talked about seeking partial improvements versus no change. When the when the idea doesn't work the first time, um, closing it out with no change is not necessarily the right thing to do. Is there something we can do to at least make it better? There's a problem behind every one of these ideas, and if we ask ourselves what the problem is, um, we might be able to make it better even though we can't completely solve it. And making it better is, is certainly uh, productive and counts as a change in our book. Um, so using the PDCA. Um, it's an iterative model. When we check a change, we can learn that it's not an improvement. Um, and like I said, this is a learning opportunity, not a failure. And we don't want to necessarily jump to resolve that OI with no change at that point, but we want to learn from what we did and what we tried and maybe try something different. That was the coaching there that went to our leaders for that. And finally, the share step. Um, this is the, the beauty of the software. Um, it's transparent. It allows us to broadcast and publish OIs. Um, that is great because it giving, giving other folks the opportunity to implement similar things in their areas and generating new ideas along the same lines. Uh, everybody gets ideas from each other, and, and you never know what it is that's going to trigger an idea in somebody's mind. Um, also, sharing opportunities come 
at our department huddles where staff can recognize, leaders can recognize staff in front of their peers. They can provide rewards and, and, and different things to uh, recognize them as well. We also have a thing called uh, an item, uh, First Friday Report Out. The first Friday of every month is an opportunity where all our leaders get together for about a half an hour and we can review um, some of the great ideas that are being uh, submitted and implemented uh, throughout the organization during that session as well. Lessons learned on the share step um, is easily forgotten and overlooked. That's what we found. Um, we did see it creating new ideas um, and opportunities. So when we share the idea, somebody else has an idea to make it better even yet. And that's the opportunities for additional improvement cycles. The spread comes from the sharing. Um, and it's modeling our culture that we're trying to get to. So we're taking our champions and we're putting them on a pedestal and saying, look how they did it. And, and hopefully other people can follow in those, those, those roles. Just a couple final thoughts here then. Um, what we're looking at now is we've been out throughout our whole organization. We're still in, in the process and we're still learning all the time. Um, we are going back through all of our departments now and helping provide additional coaching and ongoing review of how they're doing. Um, we found the strategy to gravitate towards our early adopters. Um, we're using them as a, as a, as a springboard. Um, they, they are engaged and they're doing well in this thing. This is amazing when it works well in a department. Um, the engagement from employees is, is truly spectacular. And um, so we want to keep helping those folks set the example and set the, and, and model the way for, for everybody else. And as people are coming on board, we'll reach out to them um, versus going to the pushers, push, push this on people who aren't ready for it, push this on people that are, maybe don't have the right attitude for this or, or departments that don't quite have the right culture for this. That's going to be frustrating if we try to do that. Um, so we've found it much more successful to go where the pull is coming from. Um, we've also learned that we need to make time for improvement or that we need to coach our leaders to make time for improvement. There, in any given time, a leader may have 10 to 15 active OIs from their department. Um, if they don't review those once a week, if they don't make time, 30 to 60 minutes a week, to review those OIs, they're going to get behind. And then the next week it's going to build up and they're going to get so behind it's going to become overwhelming. So in order to keep their head above water, we ask them to schedule 30 to 60 minutes a week to just kind of review the OIs from their staff, assign any new ones that have come in, and make sure none of the active ones are stuck on anything and they've provided the appropriate direction uh, and clear instruction to their staff that they're engaging for that. They also need to schedule time for their staff to work on their OIs. Um, staff not right out of the chute. So we assign those OIs to staff and we it's amazing what staff can find time to do. Uh, and But sometimes staff don't find time to do things. And if they don't, then the next step is for the leader to, to work with that staff member and try to engage them into finding some time. Let's schedule some time to work on this. Um, and that's the next opportunity there. Um, one other thing we're looking at is, is these key performance measures, the three that I have listed here. Um, we think that this will help drive accountability and, and bring on some of those late adopters as well. If we start making these measures uh, and comparing these measures across all of our departments, um, ultimately the third one there, the percent of OIs completed with a change, is, is the true measure of success. Um, you don't get there if your staff haven't logged in, and you don't certainly don't get there if your staff haven't submitted an idea. So each of these three metrics kind of build upon each other and give us an idea of where a department is in the different stages 
of their of their rollout, and that's how we can support them and how they can identify opportunities of what they need to focus on. So we'll be looking to roll out some of these key performance measures to help us uh, continue to spread this. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ron, and thank you, Karen. Before we jump into Q&A, we've got some questions. Um, would invite you to uh, submit others if you have them. Would invite you to check out our webinar library for recordings of past webinars. This webinar will be up there later today if you go to kinexus.com slash webinars. I would encourage you to check out our blog. There's always something interesting on there. And our next webinar, I'm happy to announce, is going to be January 12th, 2016. John Miller from Gemba Academy is going to be presenting. We're going to do a Q&A format of uh, John and I discussing. We'll take your questions. He's the author of an excellent book called Creating a Kaizen Culture, and he's an expert on uh, lean and Kaizen and problem solving. So the title of his webinar is Go Slow to Go Fast, Using Practical Problem Solving to Spread Kaizen. So I would invite you to um, sign up for that. You'll be able to do so shortly at kinexus.com slash webinars, and we'll also send out um, some information inviting you to sign up for that. So I hope you'll join us. And so now we've got uh, some time for Q&A. Um, Karen, are you back on the line? I am back. Okay, so here's a question related to uh, your portion of the presentation uh, from Matt. Did you use any objective data or decision models to help prioritize the top 10 work processes um, to be standardized and improved? We did use your typical four square diagram and our standard work steering committee looked at the projects that were already coming out of our job jar, if you will call it. We categorized those by the areas, the top 10 projects, and then we used some of our patient satisfaction data. We used our financial analysis and some of our um, metrics that we have within our finance department. We have some market share data that we use. So where we had data, we used it. And that's how we helped ourselves prioritize the projects that we were going to be focusing on. Okay, thanks, Karen. Um, here's a, a quick question I can answer from Ashok. Um, what does OI mean? Uh, OI is uh, just an abbreviation for Opportunity for Improvement. Um, here's a question uh, either for Ron or for Karen uh, from Jordan. How do you ensure that the daily improvements are communicated to fellow employees and incorporated into overall processes to ensure um, that individual changes don't conflict with other changes um, between departments, for example? Well, I'll, I'll start that very um, briefly, and then I think Ron can add to it. But um, within the software, there's an opportunity for you to look at or to add others to a project or to an idea. Um, we have a saying, we're not going to throw anything over the fence. We're not going to sub-optimize a department by fixing something in one department and having it impact another. So there is some functionality within that software to add um, and a, a co-worker or another department to an improvement project. I'll let Ron fill in a, a little bit more on that. Well, certainly, I guess the first thing is to say that we have had this happen, where one improvement uh, was not received so well by another another department. So this this is a potential uh, area for for problems. Um, however, what we coach that what we coach to to resolve that is 
it's not just because the OI came from your department and you're working on it in your department. It, you have to think of it from a system and you have to make sure that you include all of the people that need to be there. Um, so they have to, there's a, a option to add collaborators to an OI in Kinexus. And when you add a collaborator to an OI, all of our staff are listed in, in the Kinexus software and you can search by by name, department, or position, and you can add this, add anybody, any leader from another area, or any staff member from another area as a collaborator to that OI, and that brings them in the loop as to what's going on. Um, so that is our strategy, and really emphasizing, you know, we we don't work in a bubble, we don't work in a silo, we work in an organization, and you're not going to make these improvements in in your silo either. You need to, as leaders, you need to reach out and and coach your staff. That this is, these are cross many of these can become cross functional improvements across all different departments, and so we want them to be collaborating together and working together on these things so that that doesn't happen. But we have seen instances where that that happens for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's another question from Rob in the Netherlands. He's actually spending part of his evening with us, so thank you for that. Um, do you reward OIs? If not, why? If yes, how do you reward employees? We have a very small, um, I wouldn't even call it reward, recognition that we provide to our employees. Um, it's a monetary dollar amount, $10 per OI, and more of it uh, that gets implemented. It's done more so so that the employee will be incentivized to log into the system and to complete an OI. Um, it's not as significant as what we used to have in the, in the daily or the Right Ideas program, but it spreads throughout our organization. So we get more people logging in and submitting an idea and working on an idea to be improved. There's no no limit to the number of OIs somebody can complete and a staff member can submit and, and complete. So they could get many $10, $10 um, but they have to result in a change in order to be eligible for the $10. Bucks. Um, it's, it's, Sometimes it's even laughable that by the time they take taxes out, it ends up being $7. So <laughs> if I had my choice, I would discourage uh, rewarding. We felt like we had to do it because we're carrying it over from our Bright Ideas program, and we felt like we, like I said, we're haunted by these suggestion boxes, these electronic suggestion boxes. But remember what I said about the honor roll, too. As soon as you start rewarding some ideas higher than other ideas, because our ideas are all 10 bucks, the best ones or the, the smaller ones, they all get 10 bucks because we're very conscious not to reward the bigger ones because with more more monetary value because once you start doing that you're sending the message that the smaller ones don't matter anymore so um, my preference would have been not to have a reward at all recognition on the other hand that's a whole different story recognition we need to recognize we're looking at a recognition program by department by staff things like that that I think you you need to really implement but the monetary reward is, is a tough one and uh, I personally don't like it, and if you do do it, make it equal across the board and not recognize bigger ones. Okay, well, we are at the top of the hour, so I uh, want to thank uh, our two presenters from Mary Greeley Medical Center, uh, Karen Kiel rosser and Ron Smith. Thanks to both of you for sharing your story and your progress with us. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, and I want to thank everyone for attending and remind you, uh, again, we will send out a link to a recording that, that syncs up the slides and the audio. Uh, we invite you to please fill out the uh, survey that you'll be presented with. We would love to hear your feedback, and if you have ideas,
for future topics that we can cover in a Kinexus webinar. So on behalf of the team at Kinexus, uh, this is Mark Graben. Thanks again for being with us today.